Hello and welcome to Beers Without Frontiers episode 19, coming at you from the beautiful Peak District as we're at the Thornbridge Peak Ender Festival. Uh, today I'm joined by Vicky. Hello. Uh, no Charles this time as he doesn't do Peak Ender. Uh, but we have guests on the show though. We are joined by the podfather himself, Steve from the Beer O'Clock Show. Hello. Uh, and we're also joined by the guys from Sheffield Hotcast. Uh, we've got James. Hello. And we've got Adam. Hello. And we've got Laura. Hi. So, uh, in this episode, we're going to be focusing on Peak Ender, um, which uh, we're recording this on the Sunday, so we've had two days of it so far, so what our thoughts are on that. And uh, also our usual stuff like the uh, hoppy excursions, what's been happening in the world of modern beer over the last few weeks. Uh, but firstly, as per usual, we've got a mystery beer to drink, and uh, Steve's kindly brought this along this time, and um, we've got some 330ml cans, haven't we? whether that gives us any clues to what it is. Perfect size. I don't know. It's the perfect size. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's get these cracked open and uh, and see see what we find. They might have got a bit shook up in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so is this is this a thing? Is it is it maybe can conditioned? It's a straight away. Ooh, now what's it pouring? It's quite amber. It is, isn't it? So... Or is, is this one of these things where it's like a panda shandy or something? <laughs> <laughs> Do you really think I would have done that? <laughs> well, you know I, don't I feel like that's exactly what I would really enjoy right now. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Before before there was uh, Schofferhofer, there was panda shandy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that last night. Schofferhofer. Yeah. That needed to be on tap, actually, I think, this... Uh, this weekend, I'm, I'm trying to find clues on the bottom of the can. No, Is there I'm nothing? I've already done the can. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't recognise any of these codes. It is, however, definitely in date, though. Very good. Ooh. Right. So, what are we getting on the nose? It's quite it's like, caramelly. Tra- caramelly, like a sort so, of traditional. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking oh. traditional. Yeah. I'm trying to. Th- yeah, it doesn't smell caramel, but it kind of gives off that yeah, smell that I, I would imagine the taste. A bit of crystal malt, maybe from mm. the from the actual can. Oh, I was I was going to say that when mm. when it cracked and went in, yeah, yeah. it was it was a much stronger smell than than what it is in the mm. glass. Mm. That is very traditional tasting as well. Very traditional tasting. Yeah, whatever, whatever that means. We can't ever yeah, find yeah. a new. Uh, <laughs> Is it like Belgian? It's like it's like <laughs> Belgian. It's traditionally not Belgian. It's not Belgian. I must admit, when it was pouring out, I was looking at the colour of it, and I was thinking, and I nearly said, "Oh, it looks a bit Belgian-y." <laughs> That's it's like a sort of traditional bitter, isn't it? Really, mm. in a can. Um, in a can. Who does that? I was going to. I was going to go down not, the Adnams route, but I, I don't think it has that Adnams flavour that. Do you know what? I was going to go the Adnams route, but that was based on a bit of background information that <laughs> somebody's visited there recently. But then I'm like, Adnams don't don't do cans have, like that. They, they don't do cans, cans like that, do they? they? The ghost ship is 440s, isn't it? Ghost ship cans. You've not gone to the extent of actually canning this yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's a homebrew. <laughs> yeah, it's like really really a canning line. Because it's a bit sort of uh, broadsidey or. Something like that, maybe. I always think that Adams has a really, really specific taste for all their beers. Mm. I think it's the yeast they use. I can, oh, actually, I don't, I don't really have that. I don't feel like it has that flavour that I'm used to. 
Now I'm coming up with a theory now, but this is based less on my knowledge of tasting and more on just detective work of who has cans that size. But I'll I'll come I'll come to that when we come to guessing the brewery. Um, so first things first, ABV. What does what about does four and a half? Yeah, yeah four point five. Right. So I'm I'm gonna say four percent. Okay. I was gonna say four point four. I think I've gone in high. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to go lower there. I'm going to go 3.8. Laura? Laura's deep um, in thought. Yeah, it's a tricky one because it's got, it's got a really strong finish on it. Like It's very lingering. I'm going to go for two. Two. Ooh, two. Four point two. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> down to decimal points now, yeah. Can I change mine to four point one? Is that cheating? I feel like I've gone in too high. What did you say? Four, four and a half? Five, five, yeah. yeah. Four point one. Four point one, yeah. Okay, so I think we're all pretty close to that. Um style. What does anyone think you would call this as a as a style. What is it? Traditional. It's, I was going to say traditional yeah. ale. Is that a style these days? What would we have called this? Camera juice. <laughs> 20 years ago or whatever. I'm going to go, probably I'm gonna go an amber, like an amber ale, I think. You could even call it bitter, but it, it's such kind of like a, almost like a dirty word in cans, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> it's very rare that you get something that would be called a bitter. It, yeah. it would be called something else. It would be like, you know, smashable pale or something. <laughs> something along those Smashable lines. brown beer. Yeah. yeah. Was, wasn't there a thing Am- recently... Amber's not a bad description. With Roger Protz wrote something, did he, didn't he, about how bitter has been rebranded as amber? Mm-hmm. How, or almost, and it sparked a bit of a bit of a conversation in terms of, well, no, they're two very different styles, but... But that happened with mild as well, didn't it? A lot yeah. of people calling mild now original or, you know, stuff like that, or dark, because just trying to get away from the flat cap image of, of mild. I love mild. This is West Midlands type thing. <laughs> so me and Adam have talked about mild many times, and I'm like, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't it's understand quaffable. it as a, yeah, as a I style. Love mild. Yeah. It, it just, um, yeah. It, but I, I've maybe been conditioned by the craft beer scene so much mm. that anything that stems from the more traditional side of beer just seems uh, like a tiny bit off-putting to me. Yeah, I kind of get that, really. It's it's kind of weird. I suppose it depends, you know, were you heavily into the traditional stuff before craft beer reared, reared its head? And, and then you kind of have a foot in both camps, really, yeah. and you can see some of these beers for being the great beers that they are, even though to somebody who'd, like, come in in the last five years into drinking beer, it would just be like, well, what's all the fuss about, say, Landlord or stuff like that? But, you know, it's just maybe slightly more nuanced, uh, those beers, some of them. But anyway, going back to style, yeah, I'm going to just call this a bitter. I'm going to go red ale. Mm-hmm. Amber for me, I think I'll stick with the amber. I'm going to be really boring and just copy you and go amber. I'm going to kind of put my hand over and make it look like I'm not copying your, your homework, but I'm, I'm going to say amber as well. well. That's right, I'm going to copy Simon and go bitter. So. <laughs> I had, a, I had a weird panic then that it was given as nanny stirt, but I think it's nanny stirt. Oh, it's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real dividing beer, I like, isn't it? I like you either love or hate nanny stirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think that the finish that it's got on it and the the way that the bitterness stays on the palate, I think 
is what the kind of low alcohol and non-alcoholic beers are starting to try and do is achieve that kind of moving away from that sticky sweetness because I've I'm not a big fan of nanny state but I've had a few other kind of reduced alcohol beers that have been much more distinctively beery if that Mm. makes sense I think Big Easy fits into that kind of thing yeah because we had that at the Thornbridge tasting which we'll get onto in a bit Um, but yeah I think that is kind of a similar flavour profile to this in in a Mm. slightly more traditional kind of multi kind of more traditional style beer really um so moving on then we everybody's got their style vote um now this is the one that's almost impossible to do isn't it really is is like should we leave brewery till last actually maybe and we'll move on to flavors um i'm just gonna put it's it's quite a multi Mm uh traditional Traditional is not a flavour, is it? I'm struggling to kind of pull something out of because it is quite a traditional beer. You're not getting like big fruit flavours that you you do in modern, even like the West Coast or East Coast type IPAs or whatever. It's. I think it's got a little bit of that kind of piney Mm. flavour that you can get. Yeah. From hops Uh, coupled with, I'm going to go for piney and crystal malt as my flavours. Yeah, it's it's malty. I think. Yeah, I'm just gonna go with malty. It doesn't. It's nothing overly hoppy coming out of it, is there? It's very much kind of malty, malt forward. Yeah, I'm picking out the bitterness. I think it's got that. I think it's got a bit of finish, but it's got like slightly sweet malt, but but not much. It's like on the on the initial taste, it's a little bit malty, but then it finishes quite sort of bitter. I'm I'm not really picking a strong caramelly flavour from it, which. which it kind of smelled like it might do. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely smells more malty than it tastes. I mean, in the head, I mean, there's no, no, no head left, but it was really, it's quite like, quite caramelly in colour, actually, the head on it as well, so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm just going to go malty. I'm, I'm copying you on all of these. Yep. <laughs> so so if I win across the board, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, if yeah, I win, yeah. you win. Um, I'm just going to say malt. Rather than malty, <laughs> that's, that's all right. Can I go like a light malt with a bitter finish? <laughs> I don't know if that's a flavour. Bitterness a flavour. I'm going to put you down for caramel as well. Okay, you yeah, say yeah. Caramel. I did say caramel. Okay. I think yeah. light's quite a, a, a good. A light caramel. Light. Yeah, it's, it has got a, a real lightness to it. It's not quite on the fresh side, but there is a lightness there that's that's. Pleasant for first beer of the third day of a um, <laughs> yeah, beer yeah, exactly. more sensible than yesterday, which I started with a twelve point five percent beer and, and it went downhill from there. So this is a lot more um, Okay, so we move on to hops now, and I'll just get in first and say Foggles. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go for the other one then, Goldens? <laughs> I think there might be some Cascade or something in there. Mm. Not necessarily American. Yeah. Any other guesses? I'm going to go Goldings. <laughs> no, this is a I, d- I don't know what to add game. beyond, uh, beyond <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. Nobody ever really gets yeah. it right. But I quite like the whole thing of just trying to... It really makes you focus on what's in the glass rather than any branding yeah. or anything like that. And I quite like it for that reason. Yeah. Um, have we all done our hop I selection? Think, I think I'm going to go Fuggles as well. Just That's generally 
a, a safe bet yep. this kind of style I haven't got anything that's not already been you got to get in there first. Just want all of the above. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah <laughs> just, just do those two little uh, quotation marks. Just you, could, you, know, you could go for something like Admiral, maybe. Something that's a sort of, that's UK-ish kind of hop, isn't it? That might, I don't know. I, I don't think know it might enough. have a bit of cascade. It does taste a little bit, possibly cascade It's not as fashionable anymore, is it, cascade? No. It's got a tiny bit of a tanginess there. Mm. That could, um, could come from it. Okay, adjuncts. Um, none. I would say Can none. Straight in. None. Yeah, I'm. I'm the same. I think it's just the usual four ingredients, nothing else. In in a German kind of way, right? <laughs> yes. <the> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No adjuncts. No. I can't pick anything. I'll be surprised. Cross the board. No one's going for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think no, no, no. adjuncts. Oh, see, that makes me kind of want to just to be different. <laughs> 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 anybody would know Laura I think you'd think you'd pick it out well it is because I do some um, like beer profiling at work I think what's really so much harder not having a style because obviously even just with the style it's already kind of giving you a little set of kind it's of it's giving you the vocabulary yeah. to work within almost so without mm-hmm. that it's uh, feel a little bit sort of yeah untethered and <laughs> yeah. don't yeah. really know which way to go floating Far around yeah. for descriptors yeah, yeah. Um, so I think do we now f- come back to the final piece of the jigsaw what brewery is this which is going to be proper tough but I'm going in first and I'm going to say it's more oh okay. I, was, I was about to say more what <laughs> <laughs> more beer from Bristol they do 330 cans I think their labels might peel off and they do some quite traditional styles as well in cans the, the Norhop and the Sohop uh, not not that traditional, but I've had beers from them that are more to this kind of style. So I'm going in with with more. I'm I'm gonna I guess, and I can't even think what beer it would be, but I'm gonna have a guess at Brew York because their mm. labels definitely peel off and they definitely <laughs> do three thirties. And I know Steve's had quite a bit of their beer recently. <laughs> oh, good shout actually, good shout. But it's not really their kind of style of beer. So, but maybe there is. Maybe there is one in that. For the local market. Yeah, maybe, yeah. There's a, there's a little micro market for more traditional styles in York. You do maybe. get, like, yeah, like York Brewery and stuff. Like yeah. Stuff like that, aren't they? Oh, yeah, Brewery York's tap room, the kind of original, uh, the downstairs room that's all cask has some... Mm. Yeah, that, well, it's my they guess. are good at this kind of beer, I think. Mine's a tactical, tactical one based on... Mm. Bit of background info. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We're trying to second guess Steve here, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> How much do we know, Steve? This is what this is turning into now, isn't it? <laughs> I am. Um, I wanted to say, and I'm not going to do because of the the can issue. I wanted to say Magic Rock, um, but I'm, I'm going to say Marble. Oh, good shout! Actually, yeah. Manchester Bitter. I'm either erring again. This is the trying to second guess Steve here more than anything else um, I'm either erring towards Adnams okay or Thornbridge but again I can't think what beers Thornbridge do in cans that would be more like this but but and all of their cans are sort of like printed uh, right? printed aren't they uh, so you, right okay you know. so I'll... And, unless somebody nipped up to the brewery and got some <laughs> you know <laughs> um, that, that had been air blasted <laughs> the, the, the Lord logos 
That's a good, that's right. a good thought, actually. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> some, some, yeah, some special, oh. It's a Thornbridge under the counter job, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no one's ever canned Lord Marple, so. Yeah. I'm going to do, I'll stick with ad numbers then. Oh, this is really hard. <laughs> Yeah, she's secretly handed them to me on yeah. Friday. Um, I don't think this is right, but I don't know. So I'm going to go with vocation. Mm. Oh, good show. Yeah. As we always say on these, it's sometimes the um, trying to think of a brewery is the is actually the worst part of all of this. I think that's the hardest bit because your mind goes blank then until you get untapped out and then you think oh god there's just too many here as well you just never even if you try and sort of cheat or prompt yourself (laughs) you just can't think of who it would be so we've now basically uh, given all our um, sort of breakdown of of what style and ABV and all that so I think it's probably time for the big reveal isn't it okay have you got the label yeah here we go on a a piece of paper here we go here we go so it's actually two breweries that that were involved a collab in in this yeah and um, I can't open the piece of paper I'm so excited yeah it is Adnams it's um, we've lost and grounded it's a red rye owl rule of twelfths yeah that they released uh, recently. It was released in cans and in cask as, as, as well. I saw this on Twitter that this had come out and I thought, I'll never get a chance to try any of that because it's probably going to be a bit more over Adnam's neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, that's a real curveball, that is, because Lost and Grounded, I wouldn't have put them anywhere near a beer like this. And that's not, not uh, no offence to Adnam's or anything, but it's out of their zone of what they do. Yeah. So. Very much so. Well, what I really wanted was the Adnams Cloudwater collab. I wanted right, to, yeah. to bring that one, but yeah. it it wasn't canned when I was up there, and it was literally released a couple of days ago because I think that was that would have been even more of a curveball than than, yeah, than what yeah, we've just tried. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really really embarrassed that from personally anyway that I didn't pick up on the rye in this. I, I normally mm. I can pick rye up. Um, I think it's very or subtle. Yeah. subtle yeah. yeah, it's very I, subtle. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't really like rye beers as a general rule, and I wasn't getting too much of it. Although mm. perhaps now I'm just kind of thinking about it, maybe that, <laughs> now that kind suddenly. of bitterness in the finish is quite. It's got that kind of spicy. But it is quite it. dialed back, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's because it's so well balanced in a way that that nothing is sticking out as being a particularly defining kind of flavour. I mean, there's some. I like rye ales. Um, the twisted barrel in amber clad is a great example of one and um but the rye kind of like is very much a, a focus mm. is in the spotlight on a beer like that um whereas this it's it's all very kind of you know balanced and and very drinkable in terms of abv um oh, somebody got it right who said yeah. 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 Well, well, that was, oh that was gonna say do yeah. we let him have that one is he that wasn't the reason <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I don't, no one was particularly far off. We were no, all in the we right ballpark. So yeah. we're all winners in our own way. <laughs> yes, yes. Hop-wise, it was Vic Secret that's, that's oh, been right. used in, in that. Um, and what you should have been getting was tropical pineapple and passion fruit with toasted malt sweetness and a hint of grapefruit. Mm, wasn't uh, are you no, sure no. this is the beer that we're drinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's 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 that the label came off of that can. Yeah, I mean we we categorically said, oh well, you're not getting any fruit flavors from yeah. from and, and and none of us kind of disagreed with uh, with whoever said that. So that is a surprise. Wow, yeah. there, there you go. go. So that's a real interesting one this time. 
Definitely. Yeah. Right, I think uh, we'll take a break and uh, get ourselves another beer sorted. Okay? Marvellous. Cheers. Okay, right, we are now with new beers in front of us and we are on Bliss Point from Thornbridge. Uh, big thanks to Chloe from Thornbridge for sorting us out with some beers for the podcast. Much appreciated. And um, the Bliss Point is their new hazy American pale ale. Um, I don't know if anybody's had it before. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sold on how hazy it actually is. <laughs> no. uh, I don't say mine isn't yeah. at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. you have yeah. the top end of the can. Yeah. yeah. I've it's, had it, but uh, not in can. I've had it on... Yeah, so was, was it part of the year of beers? If I'm I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- there's a sort of pattern with Thornbridge at the moment. The, the, the stuff that makes it into can is sometimes kind of a, a bit surprising. Yeah, seems to be the one. stuff that has maybe been on um, cask for a month in the Thornbridge pubs and then vanishes, and then next thing <clears> it's been released in can. So California Sun was kind of uh, sort of from nowhere, wasn't it? Yeah. And similar here with um, Bliss Point, which was mm. we don't have any trouble getting it in Sheffield, but I'm guessing further afield that. Probably the first that you've seen of this is the is the cans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, uh, pretty much the Thornbridge that we see uh, in the Midlands is whatever's in the supermarkets with the occasional appearance of Jaipur on yeah. cask, and that's probably about it. I think it's very, yeah. very rare. It doesn't travel very far, does it? And you certainly don't no. get it down to no, no, in Essex. Occasionally, uh, you might see a cask of it turn up at the alehouse in Chelmsford. Yeah, um, but uh, I'm sure. It's the availability in London is a little bit wider than yeah. when you start going out into Essex, but much like yourself, it's mostly it's mostly the cans in in, in supermarkets. Yeah, say. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's a it's a nice uh, five percent. Uh, um, feels quite sessionable and light, yeah. fruity. Um, it's quite fruity on the nose, actually. Yeah, it's quite, I got that straight away. Actually, it's got the. Um, the kind of the fresh taste that the last beer didn't have, this definitely mm. does have. It tastes kind of summery. Yeah. You're looking out the window here in this lovely cottage in uh, Bakewell with the sun shining and some cows meandering around. It kind of <laughs> it fits the backdrop really well, doesn't yeah. it? It's got yeah. that kind of summery, lots of nature and trees and stuff. Kind it doesn't of remind you of mud at all, does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of sits quite well between California Sun and Green Mountain. It's kind of almost like a hybrid of those two beers, really. Yeah. Which, which, in a way, I think maybe it's an unusual choice to put into a permanent can range. Oh, is this part of the permanent? I'm assuming right. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with it being, yeah, they don't really do one-off cans like this sort of style. I don't think. Um, and it, it will if you if you've not got it in a supermarket near you yet, then you will do soon because it is going to make its yeah. way around around right. the the supermarkets nationally. Yeah, I think the um, the Green Mountain. There was people handing out samplers of that at Peak Ender yesterday, and I I tried that. I've had that before as well. I did last year, and that seems a bit. More hazier than yeah, this. Much hazier, yeah. yeah. It's a bit more aggressive on the on the hops yeah. as well. Yeah. I've yeah. drank a lot of Green Mountain this weekend. Right. <laughs> I, I, last year it was my kind of go to beer of peak ender. Yeah. Just because the strength just means particularly in the sunshine, you can kind of drink a lot of it and not feel it too, too yeah. much. But it's also a great beer. Sunshine mm-hmm. beers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Took a bit of growing into that beer. I remember it coming out and obviously being in Sheffield and stuff getting it quite commonly and getting it on cask and I really weren't impressed with it at all initially. And it, I kind of surprised me when it did just you know appear in can, but it has really grown on me actually. It's a really good good beer at that strength as well, four point yeah. three or something. So yeah, it has become one of those, especially when you get it in Tesco in the in the four pack boxes or the, 
Yeah. Just having to eight fall cans, into eight the cans uh, of that for nine pounds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a no brainer, yeah. isn't it? So hopefully yeah. something like this might end up in that in that um, format as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically, obviously, we are amongst uh, other podcast peoples. And uh, what I wanted to do is just kind of. We haven't really talked about this before in our podcast to sort of talk about beer podcasting, really, a little bit and, and sort of, uh, you know. Um, what inspires people to start a podcast and stuff like that Um, so really kind of looking at um, inspiration and stuff like that I mean Steve I don't know how well known your story is you haven't really told it on your own podcast have you but what was the inspiration uh, it, it was actually nothing to do with me. Um, right. It was, it was uh, the, the guy that I did the show originally with, Mark. Um, I met him in the queue for a Foo Fighters gig, and right. he tried to ignore me because um, I was I was on my own. And I was trying to chat to him, and he was trying to ignore me. And then his <laughs> and his wife came back from the shop, and she started chatting to me. And he tried to then get away from me by going to the <laughs> shop. And he came back, and I was still there talking to, to to Bev. And then eventually he started talking to me, and we we, we got chatting for the evening. Um, and then as you do, you know, you kind of end up following each other on social media. And uh, about a year later, he, he, he like we'd been in touch, but he, he said, "Oh, I've noticed you checking in all these beers." He's like, "I, I want to try some of this. I want to." Do so I was like, okay, well, how do you want to do it? And he was like, let's do a podcast. And I was like, this was what back in 2012. And I, I was like, didn't really know what a podcast was back then. Um, they, Early they, they, days, yeah, yeah, they, really, they, they, yeah. They weren't really that popular. They were still very new to the UK. Mm. Um, so yeah, so he he said, let's do it. He said, you can uh, you can teach me about beer, and you can take me on a beer journey. And at, at the time, I was just I was just a beer drinker. So I, I, I and I was like, well. Suddenly, got to start actually finding flavours in things and <laughs> yeah. telling people about the process and, and 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 the rest of it. And I think that that first show that we did, I think we released it the week after the uh, the opening ceremony of the London Olympics, and we spent more time talking about that than we did talking about <laughs> the actual beer itself, <laughs> um, because we didn't really know what we were doing. We had no format, and it was just it was just chatting, and it, it kind of just kind of just snowballed from from there really that we just started. We, we very much started off recording and releasing on an ad hoc basis. Yeah. And and then we started getting into a more regular pattern and ended up doing it with Mark for four years. So um, Yeah, it's a then, long, long old yeah. run. Um, wasn't, wasn't it via Skype, pretty much? Uh, yeah, yeah, we used, yeah, yeah. To, used to record um, via Skype, which you, you can probably tell that if you listen back to the, the, the early recordings in particular. Um, and we, we eventually, it took us about, three years to really get into our stride in terms mm. of learning each other's cues and because he would back then he was I suppose the lead host and I mm. and, and I was the co so I would I would be waiting for him to say something and I'd be right okay well I'm in here with this and yeah um so that was that that was quite difficult and like I say if if, if we had had a break at any point it took us a couple of weeks to get back into the flow again of, of, of chatting like that and it's yeah it's, it's something that is very difficult to do and that now we actually actively avoid doing anything via via Skype because it's so much more personal when you're all sat around a table like we are today yeah you can see people's facial expressions you you, you know when someone's about to talk so you can yeah you, you can stop talking and you don't necessarily always get that via Skype yeah there's always that as, as good as technology is there's always that little slight satellite delay type thing yeah. isn't there as well which uh, can kind of make it a little bit awkward at times I think 
Um, can I can I do a slightly geeky thing here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, just in case there's anyone that's listening, thinking uh, they're quite fancy kind of having a go at doing something like this, but the idea of getting everyone together just seems too much. Um, there is a um, uh, like a subscription based service that you can get called Squadcast, mm-hmm. which allows you. It's a bit like a voice over IP thing, but it records everyone on their kind of individual end of the call and then puts it all together, so all the uh, audio is in quality. And it uses your webcam, so you can see each other as well, but it doesn't record the webcam bit. So it just means. Uh, um, for if you're in a situation whereby getting people together physically is just impossible, it does mean that you've got that little bit of like visual interaction, um, right. and it's um, it's a really really good system. Um, and I don't I don't get paid anything by them for saying this. <laughs> just to, uh, to make no, it's, it's, it's something so I recommend to quite yeah. a lot of people because it's a it's a much better option than it's yeah. exactly true what you say, Steve, about. Um, if you can't see the people that you're recording something with, you are always on a certain level and you yeah. can't go that next level up because um, what's that all saying about how much of interaction is, is non-verbal um, mm. and, and it's just so important to make something sound natural. Yeah, no, that's a good shout on that actually because there are times occasionally when you might end up uh, lining up a guest for a podcast but they're like the other end of the country yeah. and you think, well, do we just not do it then? Or... Or do you just set aside a whole, take a day off work or something or try and find a convenient time at a weekend to do all that travelling, to do that? And maybe something like that is, is the way forward with with stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. I suppose that's it, seven years on, technology has moved on a little bit. Maybe not still 100%, but... I still think you can't be. be, if you're doing a beer podcast, you want to be sat down with other people drinking beer together Absolutely, because because yeah. that is what beer is all about really. it's that shared experience though, exactly right, you, yeah you know it's gonna what, what what i'm feeling while i'm drinking in this beer is you know you can see what other people are thinking as yeah. they're taking a sip so again that kind of that that non-verbal cue that you can see it's like you know particularly when i'm doing something like a sour Martin will now pick up straight away if I don't like it the second yeah. it touches my lips because I start wincing. Yeah, uh, and you wouldn't necessarily get that if if you if you were doing it over 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 Skype. Absolutely, yeah. So um, I don't know who wants to field this one, but uh, Chef Hopcast guys, what 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 where? How did this all start? It's about eighteen months you've been going, and what what's the basis for and the inspiration for starting? Well, yeah, it's kind of weird. When James has been a podcaster for how long? Quite a few years now. For probably a couple of years beforehand and um, it, it kind of stemmed didn't it because you, you were listening to that podcast yeah, and our, our our branding for that podcast it was a football podcast yeah. the branding was was rubbish um, so Adam just kind of out of the blue just Not sent me on Twitter else. just like some new logo ideas and I was like these are great can we use them um, and that was brilliant and then we bumped into each other at a beer festival I don't think I recognised yeah, it was um, the, the beer X that. that used to do with the SEBA the thing they used to do it at the Ice Sheffield so they, before they moved it to Liverpool and I recognised James because obviously I was a listener, and um, then it was kind of saying, "Oh, I'm Adam. You know, we, we, we you know, we talk over email and through mm. things and that." And they ended up spending pretty much the evening together. Just, yeah. And I think at some point I was kind of went, oh, "I'd love to kind of do a beer a beer podcast." Obviously, mm. you had the podcasting experience and I knew lots about beer, and I didn't realise you were quite into as beer as you were. And then. Yeah, you don't remember the journey home. I remember it better than you. <laughs> and um, then, well, probably, it could have been six months later, you just out of the blue emailed us saying, how do you fancy doing a beer podcast? And they were like, yeah, I kind of pitched that to you, like, at that beer festival. <laughs> and it kind of started from there. And um, Yeah, I don't know really. I mean, I was listening to Beer O'Clock Show from the early days. Um, I'd always kind of wanted to do it, and I kind of thought about it 
in my head thinking, oh, who could I get involved then? Trying to get that mix of people who are into beer in Sheffield and stuff. But never really taking it to that next level of thinking, I could actually physically do it. But obviously James enabled that by, you know, having the kind of expertise and... Um, That's so, a strong yeah. word, expertise. <laughs> no, you know what I mean, yeah. So yeah, um, so I think it was probably November 2017-ish, something like that, when we kind of came up with the idea... So we wanted a bit of a panel of people, and it started with like six, I think there was. There's um, one of the guys who um, James did the Sheffield Wednesday podcast with. He was kind of the sort of beer noob kind of, I suppose a bit like um, uh, like yeah. you, you kind of went through with uh, Mark, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then kind of wanted a bit of a mix of people, so we, we looked for, wanted a female voice as well, didn't want to be that kind of really overly blokey kind of sounding totally, thing. Totally, yeah, yeah. And we were recommended Laura, there were a few other people's names, but we really wanted to pitch it to Laura because we didn't really know each other before no. at that point did we the first time we properly met was the first time we recorded together. oh really so, yeah. right. yeah. oh, okay. um, mm. and then we had um, Chris Holt who was a, a journalist for the local newspaper and then Sean who runs Beer Central which uh, I think uh, yeah, even Steve buys beer from, from him so so we, <laughs> my, my one stop online shop <laughs> yeah it was fun kind of odd but yeah it's good it's good that yeah so we kind of all got together and we did like a pilot and it was way over two hours long and we put it out in two parts and then um we kind of refined it down to the four of the court four people which is now like um james and laura and uh, and sean so and we kind of went did a year of quite a uh, set format where we'd speak to a different sheffield brewery each month um and they'd have like a bit of an interview which you pipe in and then we did um, we did the podcast in a different venue each each month, which is actually harder than you think because you've got to try and find somewhere that does decent beer. Some other will be happy to speak to you about about somewhere quiet enough. Somewhere quiet enough, yeah. Or has a private room, or like for example, the first one we did, they opened up specially for us, which is a past year, a little micro pub. Um, so the format's changed a little bit now because we're using equipment which allows us to do it in a bit of a noisier environment. Maybe not quite as noisy as the last one we did because then someone that was super noisy behind us or yeah. throttle oh, the guy. Oh, you just a crap though, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Luckily, it went halfway through, but like all you could hear is this guy just bellowing behind him. Oh. Like, Shut up. Um, so, yeah, so I think now we're doing less of the brewery things because we've kind of covered everybody. But, so we're trying to get people, maybe it's that fifth member who will kind of just come in as and when and mm. doing a few specials. So we've done, a, you know, we've done like um, variety of specials, but... That's kind of always on in the pipeline um, to do if, if as and when things come up that might have a like a one-off episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've we've certainly had from our point of view, haven't we? Where I think there's a couple of things. It's what we're going to do every time. Mm. This kind of thing in that, and then doesn't help when you think, oh, it's a great idea. This why don't we get why don't we ask people on Twitter a question and get them to uh, respond and then we can say that on the podcast oh that's already been done by the beer o'clock show I was just going to you know, um, <laughs> which, which to be so honest you've got that brilliant unique um, selling point and I think that's that's it, it, it the listener um, feedback you, and engagement yeah is is pretty much spot on really and and I think no one else can kind of jump onto that and it would be rude if they did really because the opinions, polls and stuff it, it, it drives engagement very much more so than any other way you could do it. I can't think of another way of of doing it really, and I think that's pretty much your USP on the opinions, isn't it? Really. So, from you guys from the Sheffield Hopcast, do you find it? Do you have that kind of thing where are you quite happy, comfortable every month, thinking, "All oh, right, yeah, we'll do this or we'll do that," or is it sometimes it's a real? What are we doing <laughs> well, this time? 
<laughs> I think we we still you know we have we, we have this sort of thing where it's there's four of us there's four beers and we're recording in a different venue every time apart from the January one which we always tend to do at Bar Stewards which is where we did the first one because we kind of consider that our, our sort of spiritual home where it all began so we always go back there in January well, I say always we've only done it twice but yeah um, <laughs> we, we will always you know hopefully go back there in, in January um, but I, I would say that we probably like even now the way it'll sound in six months we, we might not even know yet because we had a as Adam says a fairly fixed format for, for the first 12 months mm-hmm. and then the, the issue that we got with kind of doing an interview with a brewer every time is that you you start to run out or you're mm-hmm. aware of kind of the, the maybe the ones that you haven't spoke to yet are the most difficult ones who weren't really interested when you approach them and it becomes a lot of work then to try and get those so we thought let's just change it um, so actually what the, how it will sound in the future I don't, I don't think we, we really know we'll, no. we'll, we'll, it's always going to be the four of us um, and, and you know there's a genuine friendship between the four of us we mm. have a Facebook um, conversation which must use up an entire server somewhere <laughs> in California because it's that it's that long yeah. and we're always chatting about beer and, and other yeah. stuff um, so I guess for us it's kind of it's about the the sort of the interaction the relationship between the four of us and what direction that goes in and yeah. whoever we bring in as like a guest every now yeah. and then we'll, we'll just see what happens really yeah. but we always wanted it to be four friends just enjoying some beers and chatting about them Um, and we don't go too kind of technically into the beer side of things Laura's kind of our beery experts working in a a brewery Um, I probably know the least when it comes to actual beer stuff and and sometimes we do get into that but we we try and just make it a little bit more like four friends in the in the pub When, when we set up you know it was already a fairly busy space so we kind of had to figure what what's going to be our USP and it was about being quite local sounding but without just sitting around talking about Sheffield for mm. an hour so recording it in a local venue was really important to us mm. um, the four of us being very you know local and we even did kind of a Yorkshire test didn't we on the on the last one yeah. to see <laughs> who was the most Yorkshire out of everyone and Adam mm-hmm. came last because he uh, he left for three years um, <laughs> so not fancied a pigeon or something <laughs> never fancied a pigeon um yeah, so it is. I think it's 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 tougher and tougher, um, not just in 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 this space, but anywhere across podcasting now, because there's millions of the damn things. So finding something that actually fits a niche that no one else is doing, or finding a niche where you think actually we can do it better than what other people are doing, is really hard now. It's such a busy, busy um, space. Podcasting. And are you you monthly as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we, I was going to say that is that we we started a monthly thing, and then we realised that even though it's Sheffield Topcasts, like the content wasn't massively heavily. Sheffield focus. We didn't pick Sheffield beers or local beers, so that's when we introduced the Hopcast Half Pint, which was like only every two weeks, but every month, but only. I don't know how you explain that. Like <laughs> on the middle, yeah, middle of the month, you yeah. don't release the, so that, the big that, one. That, yeah. that was always for just me and James did it. We had one a beer each, which often became three beers, and then <laughs> sort of maximum half an hour. And that was just to talk about like any kind of news locally. So if you were just interested in just finding out what's going off in Sheffield, you could just go and get the little sort of micro version of it. Um, and if you just like listening to us ramble on about anything, not quite non-specific. Um, I mean, we did, the, the one thing we do do is we theme the beers. We do theme the beers on the on the main hotcast. So it might be, um, you know, the next month we're doing you know, sort of sub three percent ones, doing it in a micro beers in a micro pub kind of thing, but nothing too overly. You know, just something that gives a bit of direction to chat about. Um, Yorkshire did last one on Yorkshire Day, so did like Yorkshire beers and stuff like that. But yeah, so yeah. So I think in Sheffield as well, there's a lot of people who are 
curious about beer without necessarily being massively into beer. Mm. And Sheffield as a city, talking about beer, is quite humble, I would say. Like, there aren't that many people that are shouting about it. There aren't that many people who are kind of, you know, pushing the boundaries and really putting themselves out there because it's just not how we really do things in Sheffield. So although there are a load of amazing beers, a load of amazing breweries, there's kind of it just sort of gets along with itself quite quietly for the most part. So I think it's nice that we're kind of not not doing anything that's too outrageously, you know, we're not overtly trying to attract attention to Sheffield or that kind mm. of thing, but it's just talking about it in a way that I think people are able to associate with and understand, but at the same time offers a little bit more insight than is kind of readily out there if that makes mm. sense yeah no I kind of get that thing about Sheffield not shouting about itself too much um, and we, we see similarities with the Midlands beer scene really where it's just like well we just do what we do sort of thing you know and uh, and uh, and maybe in the overall scheme of things those cities seem a little bit lagging behind perhaps the cities that do shout about it but um, we're getting on to kind of like uh, geography <laughs> a bit too much there without yeah, dissing any other cities Say to, to Steve was so yes, like we said, you've got that unique selling point with your opinions and whatever. But obviously, you used to do weekly podcasts. And now you're fortnightly. Yeah, is that still quite challenging on what you're going to do every time? Um, not not so much in in, in terms of the shows themselves. We, we've got a rough idea. We we plan about three months in advance in, in terms of what we're going to do and what content we've got coming up. On about three minutes in advance. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's partly down to me. I'm, I'm just a born planner and I just like to, to be very organised. Um, the difficult thing is is those bloody polls every week yeah. trying to find something every week to, to come up with that we've not already done and unsurprisingly I've got a spreadsheet that's that's got all of the polls that we've ever done. <laughs> So I do have to go into that occasionally when I've had an idea and I'm like, oh, I've got an idea for a poll and I go back to it, oh yeah, we've done that <laughs> probably three times in different wording sort of thing. Yeah. Um, that's the hardest thing is, is constantly coming up with, with content for those and it's nice to try and keep them a little bit topical as well. So yeah. if something's happened in, in, in the beer industry in that week, we'll try and do a poll around it. If not, we've kind of got a little bit of a a little bit of a backup. I mean, Simon and I, we have a we've got a DM group on on Twitter, which is just a group of our listeners that occasionally will go to and say, "Have you got any ideas for polls?" And we will get feedback from them as well in terms of the show. Yeah. And, and we've just had one of those recently where we, we've 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 gone to the the group and said, "Any ideas for some polls?" Because I'm running out again. I'm I'm down to like my last two or three, and I, I get a bit itsy when mm-hmm. I've got I've only got two weeks worth of polls left, left, <laughs> yeah. left in my drafts on my phone it's, and sort of thing hard to I guess come up with new angles on stuff because again in that little listener forum people will always then come up with something and you're like no I've done that no I've done that yeah. or this is so close to what we did just six months ago now I've done that so it's and people it's will call us out on that as well so if, yeah. if, if there are a couple of our um, followers and listeners that where where we've done a poll that is very similar to the one that we've done before but we've had people come back and say you've done this yeah, and it's like Jesus Christ that was three yeah. years ago <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing there are questions aren't there that will have kind of recurring relevance yeah. almost yeah. Um, yeah, and seeing how opinions have shifted 
is in itself yeah. a really interesting thing to do. Well, that, that was one we did recently yeah. when we did the one about um, vessel size. We, we, we had done that literally three years ago to the date when, when we did it. And it was very, very different because the sizes that we did three years mm. ago were 330, 500, 660. Mm. And, and this time around it was... 330, 440, 500. I'd oh, forgotten about them sizes even existing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and, and like I say, you, you know, you could, we, we did actually have a couple of people who said, oh, I remember this and I voted this way last time. Yeah. But everything shifted and I've yeah. decided that actually I think this one's better now. Yeah. I suppose the format's changed massively in three years. I mean, you'd barely see bottles now. Mm. It's weird because it, yeah. was it probably only, even a year, 18 months ago, it was still probably. Yeah. Not even half cans, I suppose. But yeah. And when even Siren, who were always bottled, yeah. so they're now in cans, it's yeah. like... 330s, yeah. 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 Well, Thornbridge, another example. Thornbridge, yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. six to 12, yeah. 12 months. And um, I was at a meet the brewer with uh, Rob, who's the production director slash um, head brewer at Thornbridge on Friday. And he was saying he hated cans. He never wanted to can anything. Mm. And now he's a, he's a convert because the technology is so good that you really can control how that beer is going to taste mm. in the same way that you can do with bottles, whereas once upon a time you couldn't. Um, and it's so much more convenient. If you've got a, yeah. a can in your bag, you know you don't really need to worry about it. If you've got a bottle in your you know, I had a bottle that leaked in my fridge on Friday <laughs> while I was out here at peak end, I got home and there's kind of black sticky substance oh, all over no. the fridge. Uh, you don't get cans that leak, do you? And, and no. you've always got that risk with a, a bottle. So it's yeah, it's weird how habits and um, and actually the technology change has, has brought so many people round to the idea of, of cans over bottles. Still a way of somebody to bring out the can, you know the little uh, individual serves of Diet Coke that you get they're like, I don't know if they're the 150 or 200 mil cans, like I would love little limpy stout yeah, you don't tell anybody be on something there yeah, be on Dragon's Den I'd be quite interested to read Rob Rob's famous blog post that he did about that they were never going to can mm. like, just kind of go back to it and I mean he has said you know the technology wasn't there then now it is and they're much yeah. happier with their new canning line and stuff but I'd be quite interested to go back and read read it what, print it out and take it to him <laughs> yeah, he really loves it when people bring that up <laughs> so um, so yeah obviously a, a differing kind of uh, sort of um, you know, inspirations to start podcasts and where we're all going with different things. I think there's room enough for everybody to operate, especially if you kind of like focusing on quite a geographic area, which is like obviously what we do with the Midlands, maybe a little bit more. But obviously we're, we're covering Peak Ender uh, this weekend, which I'm, I'm, I'll get shot down in flames if I suggest it's almost Midlands, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but we were trying to work out with it. Derbyshire, Derbyshire. Well, it is Derbyshire. Fifteen miles from yeah. my house. Tell me, we we were up here for a meeting at Thornbridge, weren't we, a few weeks back? And yeah. I um, couldn't get my TomTom uh, -tom to find it, um, and it just it refused to acknowledge that Bakewell existed. And I realised it's because I don't have the UK central map. Downloaded, oh, right. which I do now. So if Tom Tom's anything to go by, then um, it is Midlands. However, they're wrong because it's <laughs> it's just side Sheffield. That's all it is. Yeah, I think it's I, fifteen miles away from house. I think there's going to be like yeah. a Yorkshire land grab at something. Like <laughs> yeah. where, you know what I mean? It's like we're claiming that as ours. The, the yeah, Sheffield's pretty much North Derbyshire, but no one dare right. admit it. Yeah. <laughs> we do, as to Sheffield, we do claim Thornbridge Brewery as well, one of our because well, they all live they, in Sheffield. They, yeah. None of them live in they, Derbyshire. So. How many pubs have they got in Sheffield? Yeah, loads. Yeah. How many pubs have yeah. got in Bakewell? 
Oh yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I think there's probably seven or eight now. Oh, is there? Oh, Sheffield, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's nothing yeah. in Bakewell, though, is there? <laughs> no, no, Thornbridge. No, well, the tap rooms open a lot more than it, it used to be. Um, that's kind of like it just used to be open weekends and stuff, didn't it? And now it's open all week. So. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, okay, so um, let's let's move on and talk about um, everybody's beer of the month. Um, for the last month, I don't know if anybody has um, had a think about what they yeah. have really yeah. been into for the last month. But um, Vicky's name is on the piece of paper in front of <laughs> me first, yeah. so she has to go first. Well, I normally struggle with these, and I normally have to do the scroll through, untapped, and think about this month. I have absolutely, I was just like, there was only one, and that was the the Cloudwater CY18 Sabro Chinook. Yeah. Oh, if any, mm-hmm. has anybody had that? I haven't. Well, it depends it's, if you're a fan of Sabro, which they, they talk about Sabro being a hop that is very um, similar uh, to uh, Sriracha Ace in as much okay. as it's a, a love it, hate it type hop. And yeah. it's been turning up in little dribs and drabs in different beers. Um, but this one, um, it's part of the CY18 range, isn't it? Which is, was that the thing where Paul Jones went over to Yakima and picked his own hops? I don't mean like each one individually, but... Um, <laughs> Um, has sort of hand-selected the hops used in these beers and they are pretty much all uh, single-hopped except for that one. It's yeah, Sabro and Chinook, isn't yeah. it? Um, I tried it. I loved it. You yeah. get like big pineapple sort of hit from it and a bit of coconut. I was getting more coconut than yeah. pineapple off it and but it was just one of... Because I'm very much into Manipas as well more than the West Coast and it was just that lovely soft. It was fruity. It got so much coconut in it. It was oh, it's just... Six and a half percent, quite drinkable for that as well. Yeah, it? it doesn't drink six and a half percent. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or I'm getting far too uh, used to uh, higher ABVs. I think that is a bit of a thing though, isn't it? Now? Yeah. Any four percent is six and a half, I think. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I say that with every beer that I drink now. Like, yeah, oh, it's it's percentage. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> maybe it's just me. I'm just slowly turning into an alcoholic. Um, I'm going to go for a beer that I had uh, the other week in the newly opened Glasshouse Tap Room in. Uh, Sturchley in Birmingham um, we've shouted about Glassass on our podcast before so I won't do any more fanboy type stuff but um, uh, the tap room is now finally open uh, at weekends and uh, there's a beer called Not Today Nibs um, which apparently is a uh, reference to Brooklyn Nine-Nine which I've never watched it's some kind of thing on Netflix or... I actually started watching it last week oh really yeah. Yeah. I've seen two episodes so right. I'm not familiar with that yet so. <laughs> right yeah I'll um, let you know that's, that's where a lot of their beer names come from yeah it's not today nibs it's a coffee milk stout 5.5% um, supremely drinkable um, I've got a sweet tooth so I like milk stouts anyway and yeah it's like most glass house beers it's just really really quaffable even at 5.5% so um, that's that's my choice for Best beer of the month, um, Steve. What, what? Um, not content with having given them two shows worth of content on on the beer <laughs> clock show, uh, I'm going to rave about Brew York again. Okay. Um, had uh, a beer from them recently called Stay True, which is a 8.1% um, Imperial Milk Stout with blueberry in in it. Um, it was absolutely delicious. Uh, even even the pour of it. That the head had a purple hue. Um, <sighs> you can tell how much blueberry had gone into it, yep. uh, and it was just delightful. It was it was literally like drinking liquid blueberry muffin. Absolutely wow. stunning beer. 
so yeah big thumbs up for, for Brew York then yeah. They're, yeah they're doing some great stuff actually some of the stuff they're doing with flavours is, is just outstanding so some some of the different fruits and adjuncts that they're putting in the rhubarb streisand is a favourite yeah. of mine they do <laughs> take the prize for me for the brewery that I most often pick because the names make me laugh. Yeah. 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 And uh, the they, ones that did yeah. it's this yeah. way, Tony, for the Amarillo. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's just genius. <laughs> Never tire of uh, that. I also like Juice Campbell and the Army yeah. of Dankness. That was, <laughs> that was a particular favourite. Yeah, the, the, the thing is, the beers back it up, though. You know, they do, they're, yeah, they're, definitely. They're, you start with the name and work backwards. Like, you've got this incredible <laughs> yeah, name. Can you make a beer to suit yeah. this name? Yeah. Which comes first? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was good. Um, Laura, what have you had that's been um, amazing in the last month? See, I was struggling with this because I've had a few, that, and it's very clearly says only one choice on the uh, <laughs> yeah. notes yes. here. Yes. I always like to break the rules. So I've just gone for uh, the beer that I most want to just have a shelf full of in my fridge. Um, and it's from Lost and Grounded, actually, that we've already mentioned today. Um, they're All the Cool Cats Unfiltered uh. Hellas, which I bought firstly because it has an absolutely magnificent label covered in cats for anybody yeah. who hasn't seen oh, yeah. it right there yeah. for me to gaze upon uh, as I'm chatting um, but yeah absolutely brilliant um, completely different to any any kind of branding that Lost and Grounded have done before really but I think it works and uh, yeah just a 5.1% Hellas really crisp you know just one of those beers that you can quite happily just sit and quaff does exactly what it's supposed to do and a really fantastic well-made example um i think so yeah that's why i've gone good for that stuff. one good stuff um adam what have you had well mine's from the hands of uh, laura's husband jim yeah. from uh, abbeydale um laura gave us a can after we recorded the last podcast actually which is nice sometimes she'll just give us a little <laughs> little treat yeah and um so abbeydale do this uh, funk dungeon series it's like a sour and barrel asian mix for fermentation and stuff uh, and this was rise from rise from the grave. It says seven point two percent sour beer. One of the things on Untapped said it was like um, Vimto. Right. Of, uh, I think the best way I would describe it, which is the first thing I thought, and Jim said, "Yeah, you can probably get that." I spoke to him yesterday about it. It's a little bit like uh, Love Among the Ruins by Thornbridge. Ooh, so no, it's very, it's yeah. very like complicated and sort of mm. interesting. It's similar, similar color, really purple. So I think that's the first in this a chapter of. Uh, that sort of Funk Dungeon series. 440 cans, I'm afraid, um, Steve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it was kind of a beer that I was trying to pick that time when I really fancied it because it's one of them, you know, it's going to be a bit complicated and a bit, it's hard to kind of find a time to uh, crack that up. And I just, I think I didn't even crack it up and when I even fancied it. I just cracked it up and as soon as I tasted it, I was like, that is incredible. And I'm so glad. Have you had, have you had yours yet? Uh, no, I had a bit of it yesterday. I was actually going to kind of just <laughs> mention as an honourable mention for, for that. Because, Sneaking uh, in via honourable mentions. Well, if anybody went to the talk yesterday, I think the talk yesterday they did, I think they had a full, you went through a full case of it, didn't you? So, uh, yeah, if anybody went, there might be a few people picking up on this as a peak kind of thing. But yeah, that was a, that was a, available to sample yesterday. But, uh, yeah, cracking beer. Nice one. Nice one. Um, James, what? 
what, what have you had? I'm, I've not been um, overruled then for my uh, honourable mention. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> mine is um, a beer that I had in uh, Barstews, which we mentioned earlier, which is kind of our um, kind of unofficial home of the uh, Sheffield Hopcast. Um, and it's a Wylam beer, uh, a collaboration with Van Moll, and it's called Change is Inevitable. It's a double dry hopped rye pale. Um, we seem to have talked about quite a few rye beers yeah, in, in this show, rye, somewhat unexpectedly, yeah. which normally, um, I was already a bit, a little bit tipsy when I had this, because normally if I see rye on a beer, I think, I'm not going to like that, and, and it gives me an excuse to rule it out. But um, I ordered this without really kind of knowing too much, I just saw the, the, the Wyland thing and thought, I've not had a Wyland beer for a while, let's have it. Um, really, really heavily, heavily hopped. Um, but so much flavour and so much going on, and it was just, I had it, I think it was last... Uh, last Friday, not Friday, gone Friday before. Um, the sun was shining. It was just, it was beautiful. Such a good beer. So complex. Lots of flavors going on. And actually, the fact that you know it's a it's a rye pale rather than a, a kind of a standard pale just meant that it had kind of like the tastes slightly changed and developed as you um, as you kind of drank it, which um, just made it really interesting. Great beer. Nice one. Nice one. Mm-hmm. Got another beer in front of us now with the green label on it, but it's not Cannonball. Um, <laughs> it is. Thornbridge Elio, I assume you pronounce it. I think like it's that. Elio. Elio. Yeah. Elio. Yeah. Um, it's uh, classed as a summer ale, four point seven percent in a three thirty ml bottle, which um, is a bit of a rarity these days. Um, light, fresh, and hugely drinkable. Elio is the perfect accompaniment to those long summer days. It's quite brave, isn't it, to say something is a summer ale? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what happens when we get to autumn? Yeah, that's right. So it's just continued. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not drinking it. Yeah. I think Elio. I think I, uh, we had this beer on one of the talks. That I kind of compared with Dom yesterday. Yesterday, um, and I think it means sun or summer or something in Italian. Uh, uh, that's what right. it means. Cause it was one of my mean. questions. Just like, what does it mean? So it comes from the rainy Peak District, um, <laughs> but it's all about sunshine. <laughs> um, what's what's everybody's thoughts on this one? I, I would describe it as a spring ale. Oh, controversial! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> spring or I don't know. I don't know why I would say spring. I, I can't. I can't really quantify why I said that. Um, Not to be confused with Buxton Water, then. <laughs> um, I yes. think it's quite lager-like, actually. Mm. It is, isn't it? It's, it's, it's light crisp and it's finished. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's really crisp. There's quite a lot of floral notes going on in there. It's got. I, I, for me, it's got a bit of a grassy finish to it as well. Mm-hmm. And you, you could just picture yourself sitting in a field drinking this all, all, all day long see I'm not getting the grass I'm getting more slightly more malt on that which I get now from more things like Kellepils and Hellas and all that um, mm. Vienna Lagers kind of thing if I was to describe either of the Thornbridge beers the Bliss Point or this one as a summer ale I'd have put Bliss Point as oh, really? well as a summer yeah, ale because yeah. that to me yeah. was more much more cleaner this has got something at the back of the throat that I can't see me sitting out on a summer's day as much drinking this, whereas I could the Bliss Point. Okay, interesting. We we had this with, with lunch yesterday over at, over at the festival, so um, we got a bite to eat, and because I had the um, bottle and can van over by the food, yeah. it yeah. was it was easier than trudging all the way through to one of the bars to, to, to get a beer. It was just like, oh, we'll have something from there, and I noticed it, and I was like, oh, I haven't had that yet, so give it a try, and actually it worked really well with the food because mm. it's, it's, it is very light. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a food pairing on this one. <laughs> do so, they do that with some of the? Yeah, well, stuff, I was yeah? I, in the first break that we had. I was looking at the uh, the two beers that we drank so far, and I was having a bit of a 
chuckle about what it might say about the kind of people that they expect to buy those beers and that the lost and grounded Adnams one suggested harissa aubergines and quinoa as a food <laughs> pairing to go with the rye ale and uh, the bliss point suggested uh, quaffing it alongside a spicy falafel burger um, <laughs> all right both so, beers available yeah. in uh, waitrose then soon yeah <laughs> yeah this doesn't have one so what what did you have it with yesterday i, I had it with uh, a chicken and beef burger so it was it was one of these that it had burger and then a nice bit of deep fried chicken in there as well. Oh, that sounds great. Um, worked perfectly with that. We should ask them to redo the label to include yeah. that. <laughs> works well with beef and chicken burger. <laughs> Not individually. <laughs> <laughs> Must be eaten together. Yeah. So it's um, terrible on its own. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to be with the beef. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> were there were there pickles and all that sort no, of thing as well with it? Of course out. not pickles. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Straight yeah. fussy as anything when it comes to food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that leads us nicely on to Peak Ender. Um, Peak Ender 2019. I'm not quite sure um, what it'll be remembered for. Um, mostly um, so yeah I mean from a personal point of view this is the second time we've come up to Peak Ender um, uh, just for the record we're not camping but then we never camped last year either and um, yeah it's um, well it's a bit muddy isn't it rained on Friday a bit is an understatement <laughs> yeah it's weird isn't it because you look, look the weather's beautiful the weather's been really nice yesterday and today but Friday was so bad it just mm. rained for about like eight nine hours yeah. solid didn't it yep. um, and it, it's the, the field's just not a chance to yeah. recover but we were saying that kind of the, the the spirits have been quite high and people seem to have just got on with it yeah. I suspect there's some people that might not have bothered coming um, <laughs> I was going to camp and actually I've ended up like going back home each yeah. day because I just I, I couldn't I couldn't face try. I've never pitched a tent before in my life and thought this is probably not the time to start <laughs> um, and I thought Steve I thought your description of trudging to the bar was like <laughs> the most accurate yeah. that you can because it is if you think oh, I'm going to try a different bar you've got to give yourself five minutes to G yourself because yeah. it's hard work yeah. getting yeah. A, yeah. a, a, around the around the site but I think the thing is with anything like this once you realise right okay it's wet it's muddy um get over it and you yeah. just you just get on with it don't you yeah. you're here yeah. to drink beer it doesn't really matter whether it's a lovely gorgeous weekend or, or, or not and um, you know last last year was my first one and it, a very different experience last year because the weather was actually as nice as it has been so far today for the whole weekend the sun was shining and it had been you know dry for, for the whole week and um, and it was lovely everyone kind of sat around and um, you, you just can't do that this time Um <laughs> But the atmosphere still seems as as good. I think massive credit to the Thornbridge team for that as well. Um, I think they've all been fantastic in you know making sure everybody's okay and doing what they can to make it as safe and comfortable for everybody as they can. Yep. So no, we're. We, me and Jim, have been particularly affected by the weather. Uh, we put our tent up at about four o'clock when we arrived on Friday. Um, you know, picked an area that looked fairly dry. Off we. Off we potted, had a few beers, having a really nice time, and uh, we're just listening to the end of uh, Emma Inch's uh, beer talk with Dom from Thornbridge on Friday night. It was about quarter to nine, and there was a little announcement saying, if you camped behind the music tent, you might want to uh, head back. Oh, it's funny, that's exactly where we're camping, and uh, the tent was precariously close to being completely underwater. Oh, no. um, and 
three members of staff from Thornbridge came over with us. Uh, obviously, people who were camped around us just helped us kind of move all of our sodden belongings to slightly safer ground. Um, thankfully, uh, like I said, it was just before it was awful, so mm. everything... All our clothes and stuff were sort of slightly soggy as opposed to... Uh, <laughs> completely waterlogged. Yeah, yeah. We could still sleep in there. Uh, but um, we've lost... Our, our camping stove has flood, got flooded, so oh. I don't know if that still works. And I've lost my favourite Fine Ales hat. Oh, no. At some point, so I'm very upset about that. But So if you're listening, Fine Ales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's one of the... It's, like you said, it's just one of those things. We just got on with it. It's yeah. not ruined anything at all apart from a hat. Um, it's still been a fantastic weekend and everybody still seems to be just having a great time yeah. and who who doesn't as a as a you know as a grown adult like to spend you know, have a proper excuse to just go jumping yeah. in a few puddles. Brings <laughs> <laughs> out your inner child, doesn't it? Yeah. There was a, a new layout this year. It kind of felt more compact, it wasn't quite as like bowl like. Um, yeah. mm. um an extra bar. So there was three bars, there was a, a cask bar, a keg bar and then the main bar. Um, weirdly because I think there were a lot of problems last year with the busyness of it and it just got ridiculous at some points but probably hard to judge how well that's worked considering like I said I reckon a lot of people didn't bother Mm. Um, so it didn't really feel that busy at all at any bar Um, probably one deep at any point if not straight to the bar Um, probably a bit annoying for them to be able to kind of you know Analyze, Judge I whether suppose. that's worked yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what initially sold on that layout this year it felt a little didn't feel quite as free flowing. But yeah. to be honest, it was so it was so sodden anyway. <laughs> yeah. It weren't like you were going to be sat down sat down anywhere. So yeah, um, I think yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Really, it's hard to kind of gauge is the attendance down. I got the impression from last year, which was nice weather through and through, that a lot of people, maybe more local people, just turn up for the, the Saturday. Up, they get yeah. a day ticket yeah. for the Saturday yeah. or something. Um, and I'm not so sure whether they turned up so much yesterday. There, there were quite a few people that that um, turned up without a ticket yesterday. There were there were a few. I don't think it was as many as last year. Yeah. Um, but um, if if you weren't aware of how muddy it was and you just woke up yesterday morning and thought, mm. oh, it's a nice sunny day, let's go through to Bickwell. We did it last year. It was good because actually, you know, I got the bus through yesterday, um, and you wouldn't have known what what the field was going to be like until yeah. you got there. Mm. It was fine in Bickwell. It was fine in Sheffield. Um, it had obviously rained the night before, but it all it all kind of cleared mm. up. So um, I suspect there's probably a few people that got slightly caught out a little bit yesterday by just how bad the conditions yeah. still were in the field because it just didn't have time to recover. And there's not a lot you can do. If, if it's just water, you can put water out. But once it's turned to mud, yeah. the only the only thing that remedies that is just time. And it, it's not had it. So um, Time without feet on it as well. Really. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was really interesting because we, yesterday morning, we drove down to the site in order to pick up this box of beer that Thornbridge kindly gave us. Um, so we were just leaving the site, having got the, the beer from Chloe. And this woman was walking um, along with the, you know, the party of them. She got pristine white uh, Converse trainers on. <laughs> <laughs> and she clearly had. She's exactly what you were saying. She clearly had no clue that that's what the ground was going to be like. Because, because unfortunately, unfortunately for me, just because I wanted to see what her reaction would have been when she hit. The, we, we obviously were passing in the wrong direction. So I have no idea what she would have thought when she. Uh, she either got did a the, U-turn or just kind of like you know. Put a, a Tesco bag on each foot and <laughs> got on with it. There's not quite a lot of people 
Your husband did that, didn't he? He just kind of gave up and just went barefoot and I'm like, it's going to be a lot of people with trench foot tomorrow morning. I did see a woman and a daughter kind of approaching with white trainers on as I was leaving. I think I'll just go back to the tent for something. And I actually said, I, I honestly won't want seriously she's like what is it like I went well see that bit there like a big puddle pretty much like that everywhere I don't it, I mean there's a good photo that Steve you put on the weekend stood next to that I love Jai, wheel of Jaipur oh, on Friday yeah. and you can see how deep your wellies are in that <laughs> and I would say it's on an average probably four inch deep of like water or mud yeah, as an probably. average everywhere has anyone been in so far today I don't know if no. it's any different no, no, today no, I, would, no. I wouldn't imagine that it's today yeah, it's, right. yeah. it started to More dry out so it's a <laughs> The trudging is getting heavier. Right. Yeah, I think, Heavy I mean, underfoot. I think that's what eventually put me off of most of yesterday. Was I was just getting fed up trudging around everywhere, and it was beginning to turn to that sticky consistency yeah, yesterday. Yeah. And that's mixed in with a bit of hay, they were yeah. hay down to try and improve things, weren't they? But yeah. it then starts to bind into something you could build a house out of. Um, so. That's the kids' activity this afternoon, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Building mud huts, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do think the beer helps, though, because I think there yeah. was a point yesterday afternoon where, you know, I, I, I was kind of, I'd been drinking stupidly strong beers and I was feeling it. Um, and I'm not really, a, I'm not an outdoorsy kind of guy. And I just got to the point where I just thought, you know what, sod it, I'm just going to get on with this now. Um, and just kind of like, you know, stomping across the field from bar to bar to kind of see what was on at the different places and getting my food and just, um, just, just battling through and I think a couple of beers inside you really helps you to just uh, you know well, let's just do this now let's just get on with See, it. I think that was my problem because I know I'm the clumsiest oaf in the world I can trip over fresh, fresh air <laughs> I'm, my balance isn't great so for me walking through mud I'm a bit kind of like Bambi on ice I don't know whether I'm better or worse with beer and I don't know whether yesterday I hadn't I don't know whether I'd had too much and that was what was, or I hadn't had enough and I'd have been better yeah. if I'd have just had another pint or two. I think it's the latter. And then I'd yeah. <laughs> you, you forget, you just stop caring, yeah. I think, by a certain point. Yeah, yeah. So, but enough of the mud. Enough of the mud. Um, on, on the other side of things, I think there's been some fantastic Meet the Brewer events that have gone on. Um, we've attended um, two or three of them, maybe four actually. Um, we did the Lost and Grounded one. Uh, which was great. Did Abbeydale? Yes, yeah, Abbeydale. We did drunk the some funky beer. Emma Inch uh, beer talk, which yeah, we right. thought was going to be a beer talk, and then it turned out to be a um, just handing out loads and loads of uh, Thornbridge uh, <laughs> beers, which was. Uh, yeah, nice then they the... cracked open the bottles of Serpent and you're just like, ooh, where have you got them from? You know, I thought... There's not this... many of them left. No. That's, yeah, but they, say, they said that last year yeah. and they keep appearing from somebody's cupboard. I don't know whether Garrett Oliver just brings more over every time he comes over from the States. I don't know. But um, So that was that was really good. Um, what was the other ones we did? Um, we did Lost and Grounded and that Thornbridge one and um, the Abbeydale one and... You've got a couple today remember. as well, and you that you're going to. Yeah, we're we're going up to North. Um, I might try I, and squeeze in for that one. Yeah, I really like what North are doing at the moment. Um, and if you like the kind of like triple fruited gozes and stuff like that, then they, they are the people that's really knocking it out of the park in that particular style at the moment. Yeah, I think that's probably my favourite sort of series of beer at the moment. Those yeah. triple fruited gozes because every one is uh, just a blindingly good example of how to do that kind of. 
beer and they always taste of what they're supposed to taste of which mm. is such an obvious thing to say isn't it but how often do you have like the first beer that we had today where it was like pineapple and whatever and I'm like mm. I've never seen a pineapple in my life <laughs> North set out to make a beer and just do a bloody good job of it yeah they really do yeah really doing some good stuff so you did one of the meet the brewers then because you oh, Laura you were um, as part of Abbeydale so how yeah. how was it for you uh, it was good we've done because it's the third year that I've camped at Peak Ender and it's um, the second year we've had beer here from Abbeydale um, and the second year we've done a meat brewer um, this year decided to go down the funky uh, path because we've got a sour beer festival coming up at the brewery in a few weeks plug um, plug 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 <laughs> just sneak Funk that fest. in there yeah. Um, but yeah it was great it was um, it really busy it was really great to see and there were clearly people there that I think we're expecting um, maybe less complex beers for, that we might have brought along. Um, and you could tell there were a few people that were sort of a little bit, oh, don't really, don't really know what I'm going to get here. But you know, everybody was really willing to try them. Not everybody liked all of them, but, you know, that's fine. Nobody's ever going to like everything, are they? So, uh, but the number of people that came over at the end and said, you know, I've never drank sour beer, but I liked that one. And, you know, it was, uh, it was just really nice to see you know one of the reasons that I do the podcast I have the blog I work in the job that I do is because I just like talking to people about beer and sharing ideas and you know helping people go on a bit of a journey with beer whatever that may mean to them um and finding you know pushing people outside of their comfort zone is something that I quite enjoy doing so uh yeah I think it it did you notice the talking too much or did because uh, that was yeah people, and how did that yeah. I think it wasn't really a, a problem I think it was more annoying for people who were sat near those people mm. that were chatting but you know, at the end of the day it's a, it's a free it's a free event to come to mm. that, that Thornbridge invited us to do we're giving out samples of beer it, there's always going to be people that just want to come and have a bit of a drink and aren't really there for the talk but you know, there's, there's no they were there they were having a nice time you know and this, at the end of the day, they're still sampling your beer. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whether they're I listening think... to you or not, they're still. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not a teacher. Stuff. I'm not going to stand at the front and uh, <laughs> fingers on lips, please, or no more with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's like you say, it's a fraction annoying if, if there's people, chatty people right next to you and being sort of more be a geek end of the spectrum I want to hear what people are telling us about. Mm. And I think the other thing that was more a case on the Friday night was. I don't know if anyone else found this. The um, the sound levels from the stage seem to be much higher this year, it to was, the point they were yeah. interfering with the meet the brewer events. The it sound was, was really straight hard. across the field. Yeah. Yes. So I um I was at the um uh, the, the first one of the the weekend actually, which was five o'clock on Friday. Um, I was hosting the Thornbridge one with with Rob, um, and we'd originally set it all up because we were recording it, um, Adam and I um, do a, a podcast for Thornbridge Brewery. Um, so we were recording it for that. And initially I set it up with like an effects mic to kind of get the audience. And at the last minute, just had to pull the cable out because the noise from the stage was, was way too much. But I didn't notice that yesterday. Didn't, I, don't, I, don't, mm. I think they more dropped stuff the that, PA yeah. level that yesterday. Got I got in the way to bit. kind of block off some of that noise or yeah. whether they just turned it down. But it was uh, a lot more manageable. It was noisy up front because my little girl's quite averse. To not, anything a bit loud, she's kind of... Anyway, we were walking across the front and I was kind of conscious of how loud that was. Yeah. And she was like, hands over her, mm. uh, over her ears kind of thing. Not like in an upset kind of way, but like, it's a generally... No, just the other yeah, This like, is too... I was conscious too loud for a little really ears. Loud, actually, but, yeah. Yeah. And of course, you, you were kind of limited to where you could stand, really, because of what it really, really pulled in front of the um, in front of the stage. I think I put some on Twitter last night just saying that 
yeah, PK doesn't, doesn't give a, an F. Yeah. They're just dancing away, like everyone is just, you know, what happened? I mean, six inches of deep water. But, but this yeah, is it, you know, if it's people have had a few pints of necessary evil or something, yeah. then, you know, and they've still got their wellies on at that point, then, you know. Um, but yeah, so really enjoyed the, the Meet the Brewer events so far. Um, did anybody do the McKellar Running Club? Yes. Was I it good? I believe I did. It was, um, yes, it was good. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, Slight pause there. But. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those, because uh, in my head, I was really sensible on Friday night and didn't go to bed too late and all of that kind of thing. And that is true, but I think what also happened is, I was like, all of my stuff is destroyed. I'm just going to have a pint of Imperial Stout and that'll help me feel better. Yep. So when my alarm went off to go running on Saturday morning... Um, I wasn't feeling quite as sprightly as I might have <laughs> hoped, um, but managed to get up and for the first, it was about, it was about just under 7k that we ran sort of oh. over the hills behind, <sighs> behind where this cottage is. And the first like 10 minutes, I was like, it's not physically possible to be this hot. Well, you know, yeah. I had a headache. I was like, oh, this is awful. And then uh, once I kind of settled into it, I think it was a great thing to have done. It made me feel loads better. And we got a big easy at the end, which is uh, nice. probably in my top three beers of the weekend, just because of the, you know, the situation of getting <laughs> yeah, that and it being refreshment aspect of it. Yeah. So yeah, it was Jaipur last year though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. I'm very glad I did it, um, and thanks yeah. to Jules from uh, Hop Hideout who captains that for for putting it on. Yeah, nice one. Um, in terms of um, favourite beers, what's what's everybody had that's that's kind of like you know stood out for them beer wise at Peakender so and far? Steve, you're just, not allowed to say Jaipur. <laughs> I actually wasn't going to say Jack Um I was going to say High Lie, uh, which which I discovered on Friday night and then consumed a few pints of, because um, it's always great to see that in the UK. Uh, I'm really glad you said that as well, Steve, because we left you on Friday at a point where they just put a cup over the tap, and I thought you were about to cry. I was, I was very, <laughs> well, I, was, I was very sad for so a while. I'm very yeah. glad that it came it, back. It, it came straight back on. Yeah, yeah, but just just an absolutely stunning beer. Uh, the other one that, that I really enjoyed as well, was, and I was really pleased to got to try it, was the um, the Thornbridge Heartland, which mm. was their English cellar beer. That, I remember uh, hearing about that. I think it was yeah. on your podcast, actually, and I've yet to try it. It's, it's quite really be... interesting in terms of the flavour profile and what you get from it. It's just under 5%, but it just didn't drink anywhere near that. It was immensely crushable yesterday morning. When was that on keg or cask? Yeah, that was on keg. Oh, right, okay. Mm. Um, interesting. I'm pretty much stuck entirely on Thornbridge beers for some reason. Yeah? Um, might have been something to do with a voucher that I got off one of the guys that allowed <laughs> them to get free. free uh, um, yeah, I think um, so there was like a, a cloudy lemon one, which was a collaboration with Tiny Rebel. Oh, um, oh yes, something. No, not that one. It was called like uh, oh, Lemon Arrow or something, yeah. Lemon Arrow or something like that. Just I, I didn't buy it for myself. My wife had it, but she wasn't that keen on it. So we switched beers. Right. Um, I had a pint of uh, Twin Peaks on cask, which Twin Peaks was a great beer back in the day, and it's nice mm. to see that come back. So pretty much both of those two beers are probably my, the, the only cask ones I drunk all weekend as well. So yeah. All right. So, yeah. Um, I think I have to say that the. Um, the highlight was was a highlight for me because I'd never had it on tap before. I don't know how fresh it was, but it, it was tasting damn good. And I, I love the, the kind of, um, not arrogance, but kind of assertiveness from Cigar City. They're like, yeah, we're bringing one beer. You know, own, you, you know what I mean? We're just bringing one beer. It'd just be like cask of, cask of, of highlight, which is such a classic West Coast kind of American style 
um, ale with the, just that little bit of maltiness in there as well, a hint of sweetness that I really love in that style that only seems to come from those beers actually made over there. So that was a, a real highlight for me. Yeah. Um, anyone else? Um, so I did the um, Firestone Walker Meet the Brewer yesterday um, and somehow managed to take a couple of bottles home with me as well, which are nicely sat chilling in the fridge now. Um, and I can't remember what the what the, the beers were, um, but just brilliant. I mean, one was 12.5%, which was a, a daft beer to, to kind of start the day with, but um, really, really nice. And, and you know, they, they, they do really good beers. And it was a, a real kind of privilege to kind of host that event with, with Matt from uh, Firestone Walker. Um, and I think kind of highlights just what uh, what kind of event Peak Ender is for anyone that doesn't know because you know Adam you were saying that you've you've drunk yeah. mostly um, Thornbridge yeah. beers it, it keeps that feel of being a Thornbridge beer yeah. festival yeah. with friends but there's not many places in the UK where you'll be able to go and, and, and kind of the brewmaster of Firestone Walker kind of you know hear the story of how they've yeah. grown and his take on um, kind of the UK beer scene now and the US beer scene now um, so I think that, that just kind of shows shows the diversity of what you can kind of get from from the week uh, the, the weekend at peak ender excellent yeah yeah um in terms of uh well we already talked a little bit about food options Has anybody had anything that stand out food wise at, at the festival because there seems to be a lot of choice this year it was generally quite good i mean it's i think most festivals just up the game now they have to kind of cater for more people and more vegan and vegetarian stuff mm. Um, I quite like the Donna Summer place, which is a. You're getting a look from Steve there, who is uh, yeah. Not, not a fan of vegan food. <laughs> not really, no. No, I'm not a vegan or vegetarian, but I opted for it. it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Now we went to the grilled cheese place, didn't mm. we? Which was um, yeah, doing some great, uh, just incredible grilled cheese. Yeah, went for the one with the hendos on it. You know, <laughs> keep keeping it local. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the other place? Oh, Red's uh, Barbecue okay. do some uh, great stuff as well. So I had some of that on the Friday as well. Cool. So, But yeah, I think overall, despite the weather conditions, I think that um, it's it's been another successful year. It seems to grow every year. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly up for coming back again next year, definitely. Didn't they originally? Did they used to originally do it at the brewery or at the hall? It was at Thornbridge Hall, wasn't yeah. it? Originally. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder I, if this, when sometimes they see some of the weather conditions like now, I wonder if they're thinking yeah. <laughs> it'd be better to keep it up there rather than on a show. I only ground. came once when it was there and I didn't camp. I just came up for the day. Um, I think obviously there's a lot more space available at the at the showground mm. to make more of a, a weekend of it. Um, so it was it was great when it was up at the hall, but yeah. it's really nice to see how it's uh, developed and grown at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Well, I think one of the overriding factors, like we said, forget the trudging through mud and all that, but it is just it's such so relaxed, isn't it? As mm. a as a place, there's not considering there's that much beer flowing, and especially if you get into the meet the brewers, and there's quite a bit of um, free beer flowing as well. Sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming when suddenly you're. <laughs> you're sipping and suddenly it's like oh here's another glass and here's another but um but even with all of that it didn't seem to be that much trouble and it's all just nice and relaxed and it's all just it's got a great vibe hasn't it and i've never been but i think the only other place that might be anything like it is uh fine fest have you been to that laura yeah Yeah, um, same sort of thing do you think similar kind of vibe yeah um fine fest is a lot more remote right um so which I think gives it a different kind of beauty to Peak Ender because you really feel kind of cut off from the rest of the world when you're there. 
Um, I think FineFest is probably uh, a little bit more structured because of that, because mm. they've got that land that they can just mm. do whatever they want with, whereas obviously Thornbridge are constrained by the uh, the showground. But in terms of format and that kind of thing, it's uh, it's a, si- a similar sort of yeah. atmosphere. Can, can you get a phone signal there? Uh, no. Okay, yeah, maybe I'll no. just stick with it for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a mud bath there as well, wasn't it? This, this year. Yeah, this, this year. Uh, oh, yeah, the beer tent blew away. It's very windy. It's not really what you want at a beer festival, is it? It's a minor issue. It ended up, it was another kind of thing where uh, everybody that was there just made a virtue of it because it was sort of a similar situation. Mm. There was one day of rain and uh, then severe winds overnight that took away, um, it was the kind of second biggest uh, bar where the Fine had their Origins bar in there and the Shelton brothers had brought a load of American uh, beer over. Um, And yeah, the whole thing just just went and it was a lounge that it was set up as so there were kind of rugs and sofas and, <sighs> there and everything was just destroyed so most people did actually leave quite early on the Sunday and the people that were left including uh, the guys that were, were over from Shelton Brothers were like well they were just like we've come all the way from America to pour beer we're, we're pouring this beer uh, so those of us that were there kind of a few people with a bit more technical knowledge and the fine team obviously got their bar back up and running um, with no canopy over it or anything like that. Luckily, it was a sunny day afterwards. We kind of turned all the sofas the right way around and all that kind of thing, and everybody brought all their leftover food, including the food vendors who were ready to go but still had, you know, there was a barbecue place that had an entire pig butt that they were like, <laughs> anybody want this? So we just had this massive kind of alfresco picnic with um, Bellwood's Jelly King uh, <laughs> readily available and I think great. I think that puts I think that you know that that tale puts this weekend in perspective a little bit doesn't it that the beer tent did not blow away yeah, um, so. it might be underwater but it didn't yeah. blow away yeah, <laughs> but and you it's you know the beer's still there and we can still drink it and that's that's yeah, what people exactly. are here for at the end of the day to have a good time and uh, it's great that people aren't going to let a bit of wet stop them well said yeah. well said Right, okay, thanks for listening everybody and thanks for our guests for uh, coming along this time, it's really appreciated. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the podcast so that new episodes will always appear in your podcast app and please leave us a review as this really helps other people find us. Uh, we're on all the usual social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and even good old-fashioned email and uh, if you've got any requests for beers or breweries or tap rooms for us to review in the future, uh, get in touch. Until then... Cheers. 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 Cheers.